And this week's episode of Studio Inter will be reviewing the draw against Udinese. We'll be previewing the Coppa Italia derby against Milan, as well as the game against Benevento. This week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, on AlSempreInter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavalla Iruzzari, welcoming you to a new week uh, with us. That has started off pretty disappointing, or we're, we're, I'm not, I'm, I feel really disappointed. Uh, I don't know about how everyone else feels, but I'm guessing they are. But, but there's always a silver lining, and that's why we... We love our, our first panelist, Mr. Positivity himself. He writes previews for excellent previews for Semperinter.com, if I may say so myself. Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you very much for having me on again. And I look forward to spreading the sunshine. <laughs> I think it's, this could also be related to the fact that you have actual sunshine living in Egypt, whilst I'm stuck up in Sweden in a frozen uh, appendix. Well, of well look. It's it's no Dubai, so I mean we, we have upgraded <laughs> by about ten or fifteen centigrade uh, in the move in the year in the year that's happened, but it's still no Sweden for sure. I mean, look, it gets down to seven or eight at night. It's still pretty cold, I think. No, seven yeah, eight at night, quite cold. Yeah, but during yeah. the day, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice and beautiful. It's nice and beautiful. Yeah. And Egypt is a beautiful country, absolutely. Um, and we're also joined by Semprinter.com uh, chief news editor, Mr. William Beckman. Hello. Spreading the sunshine is uh, not my job, so I'll let <laughs> Mo do that. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll try and help him spread sunshine. Uh, yeah. Yes, sunshine. I think that thing. That thing. <laughs> that thing. Yeah. That, that you can't. Yeah. We can't even say. We forgot. Yeah. I'm lost for words. I'm so. Yeah. I'm that frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the, the, you've got snow. Um, there. Yeah, although I missed it today. Um, oh. So I, I I woke up and it was slush. So. Ah. Uh, but yeah, yes, that's because you live in London, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's, the snow was followed by rain, which kind of... Yeah, well, that's exactly pointless. what I was going to say. This is, this is true of me as well, because I live in Gothenburg, and because of the weather, we're known as Little London. It's always grainy and drizzle here. So when it snows, it's, it stays for about 15 minutes, then it turns into slush, yeah. and then it freezes. So you can basically put your skates on when you go outside. Um, and then we also have the fact that the sun goes down about 2, 3 p.m. as well. So, yeah, <laughs> fun times. Yeah. <laughs> and we're also joined by the Athletics' own Mr. Mike, Reverend Mike Pilucci. I don't think I have the vibes to spread sunshine, but I <laughs> am wearing my Antonio Cassano kit right now to try and will us to some creativity in the final third. So maybe I could get some some good creativity going for Tuesday. How about that? <laughs> I like the sound of that. Let's uh, let's start with the Udinese game because last week uh, we were all, you know, on cloud nine after a fantastic performance against Inter. And I was kind of, I remember we were talking on here and I, and I raised the question that, you know, was it that Inter were that good uh, or was it that Pirlo was, got it that wrong uh, or was it a combination of both? And I think after the Udinese game, uh, I think we got a we got a good answer, uh, not a definitive and not, not a definitive answer, but based on the last 18 months, um, I think this was once again a, a reminder that Antonio Conte's Inter is very uh, static when and and can and and can only play in one way. And as Will so brilliantly said it about a year and a half ago now, his teams are a marching band; they can only do work in one way. Uh, they can only play one symphony or one in one beat in one way. And that's and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, to me, the main feeling is that if you can beat Juventus, you should be able to beat Udinese. Um, um, before we get to, you know, before I expand more on that, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. And, and I want to start with with you, Mo. Um, I, I, I Looking at that game just in and of itself, um, do, do you see the microcosms I draw of how that was a mi microcosm of the problem under Antonio Conte? Uh, or what are your thoughts? Oh, 
<laughs> yes and no. Okay, so uh, on the one hand, of course, we've seen this uh, before, uh, not just under Conte, but under many, you know, many teams after a big win, there might come a hungover. I, I definitely did not think that this was going to happen because I thought, uh, you know, uh, given the week-long preparation, it would have been um, uh, pretty much a walk in the park for, for Inter, but it wasn't the case. Uh, but I also respectfully disagree because I think uh, if anything uh, that was, uh, you know, idiosyncratic about Conte's first season at Inter is that uh, Antonio Conte's Inter, as opposed to Spalletti's Inter, was the Inter that did very well almost all the time against, you know, the weaker opposition, provincials, etc., but didn't do so well against the stronger opposition. Um, so, so it was, it was, you know, it it was difficult for us to predict uh, uh, the Udinese game as a trap game, but. Um, for sure, the the failings in the ability to, to win the match were, like you say, uh, symptomatic of something that we've seen regularly, which is, you know, like Mike was saying as well earlier. And I'd love to know where the reverend comes from, Mike, later, but uh, it, it, it comes from the fact that if the flanks aren't working, if Brozovic is not having a killer offensive day, if, uh, you know, what, whatever is happening between Lautaro and Lukaku is, is continuing, then there's no one else in that trequartista position to be able to create something, you know, magical in that final third. And Alexis tried to do that. He tries to do that. But I think Alexis is not the player for this. I mean, he's, he's always a bit rushed. He's not composed. He doesn't, he doesn't pass the ball as well. But he, at least he finds himself in that position frequently. Um, but also, I think... You know, uh, everyone says, uh, you know, shot on uh, Conte's substitutions, but he did the right subs. It's, it's not, you know, it's not his fault that Sensi didn't, Sensi didn't show up. He, he normally does the sub and Sensi delivers the goods. So, you know, I, I, I agree completely. It's, it's a very, it's a, it was a very disappointing performance, a lackluster performance. And, and the, the annoying thing about the performance was the performance itself, not the result. You know, I, like a nil-nil, you can take a nil-nil if you've, you know, like... Like has happened many times, you know, you can stomach it. If Lautaro misses a couple of open goals, you hit the post, we hit the crossbar, penalty denied. But they, 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 they really showed nothing over the 90 minutes to deserve uh, going ahead. I think this is the most frustrating thing about the performance, the performance itself. Yeah, uh, Mike, uh, did you, did you, I suspect you disagree. I want to hear what you think. Well, I think... Look, I want to take this back for to address the big picture question of what we think this Inter is and how good they are. I want to take this back to actually the Roma match because for me, the Roma match is way more infuriating than yesterday. Roma, they had it won. The only reason they didn't win is because Antonio Conte's tactics basically made them play defensively and that was how they let in a goal. This team can't really do that. But let's say they don't do that, right? Because the players on the pitch performed like a team that should have beaten Roma. If they beat Roma and then they beat Juventus back-to-back weeks, we are sitting here saying, without a shadow of a doubt, we believe in this Inter, right? So to me, just because, just because yesterday they don't, you know, they get a draw just like they did in the Roma match, but they were that doesn't invalidate, I guess, the optimism I have in that, do I think this team is flawed? Yes. Do I think they are a Scudetto favorite above all other teams? No. But do I think they're good enough to win in a league where everybody's flawed? Yeah, I do. And Yesterday didn't really dissuade me of that. I mean, look, Udinese got a draw against Atalanta, you know, the previous weekend. So it's not like this is just an inter-centric result. This could be something that we give a little bit of credit to for Udinese's current form. Uh, I don't feel a lot better about not getting three points, but at least Udinese wasn't on some massive losing streak. Like, there was precedent for this result against another top side coming recently. Um, The problem is, you know, and the, the problem is Antonio Conte. Yeah, he... I realize I'm being all over the place because I'm trying very hard to be optimistic here, guys. I'm trying to be like Mo. I'm trying to feel good. And I do think this isn't awful, right? I mean, they got a point. They're a point closer to the top of the table than they were before. Um, Clearly, you know, this hasn't been a great week for other teams. Milan loses a match. Napoli gets blown out this morning. Um, You know, Inter are very much still on pace to potentially win the Scudetto. The frustrating part is, yes, they should have changed the tactics for this match. Um, Mo brought up Alexi, and I think if anything, like Mo's right, the subs were fine. The subs were not the problem. I do think though, if you're if you're looking at the squad and how they're playing Udinese, this to me was a match for the 3-4-2-1, right? 
Arturo Vidal is exactly. not going to give you anything in the midfield in this match. Take exactly. him out. Put Alexi in. If you're not, if you don't think that Alexi can play 90 minutes, fine. But at least give him most of the second half and put him. No, no I, I couldn't agree more. Of Lotaro, because even when Lotaro has, hasn't been converting recently, even when Lotaro hasn't converted recently, his movement has been good. He's been involved in the match. Um, so try that. You know, play a more proactive approach. Um, I could give you the spiel about why Christian Eriksen would be great here, but we know that's not happening. Uh, but ultimately, if you line up the way that he lined up yesterday. It's not an ideal situation, and you're relying on your players to execute perfectly to win. And yes, this is a better team than Udinese, but that's not doing your roster a very good service. And that puts you in positions like yesterday where the only creativity was coming on the right. And I love Ashraf Hakimi, and this isn't a this isn't a dig on Hakimi because every player has bad matches, but that was an awful match by Hakimi. You know, he's 22. It's going to happen sometimes, but he's too tentative. He there were some opportunities for him to shoot that he normally has shot, and frankly, has scored on on some weird angles this year. And he didn't. The distribution just wasn't there. That ball to, Luka- to Lukaku in another week, I think he places it where it needs to be placed. But it shouldn't be on Ashraf Hakimi to say, hey, this isn't the right match for you, but you better go out there and create everything because we can't figure out another way to score against the bottom half team. That's on Antonio Conte. But in the bigger picture, do I think this is an indictment of Inter overall? No, I still think this team can win just because it's good enough and nobody else seems to be perfect right now. Look, the way I see it is this, and this, this it's twofold. Uh, the first thing is, this is a missed opportunity. And in a league yes. that's this that's this tight, when you have Milan and Juve, when you get a chance to go past them, you have to take it. And Inter failed. This is, again, they did it under Conte last season as well. The games against Sassuolo and Bologna, etc., these these are the games that cost in or Parma and Parma last season. These are the games that cost Inter the Scudetto last season. Because last season, as Fulvio said, was a missed and I agree with that one hundred percent. It was a missed opportunity to win the Scudetto. We're repeating the same mistake this year, but in different ways. And and this frustrates me because I I I I, I I'm not one of those. I I don't agree with you guys when you think that this you know Inter has the best roster. I, I think Inter. I'm, I'm with I'm with Lozio Bergomi. I think there are at least two teams that have better. T- but you know he says three. I I think three is too much. But I think there are I think at least two. Too. You yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I think exactly. Flawed, but I think it's yeah. good enough. No, but that's the thing. I don't I don't I don't think it's good enough to win it. I think it's good enough to finish in the top four. But but to win it, you need something else. You need to you don't you you don't you can't afford to make these mistakes. And I watched Udinese against Atalanta midweek, the postponed game. That was a dress rehearsal of how Udinese were going to play against Inter. Now, if I sit on my fat ass here in Gothenburg and I can realize that, Antonio Conte should realize that too. And yes. to play the same midfield against Juventus and use the same game plan as against Juventus against Udinese is just is stupid for lack of a better word and sure. and, that, and and it frustrates That's how they lost the Europa League final. That's exactly, exactly how they lost the Europa exactly. League final. He played exactly. the same way against Sevilla that he played against Shakhtar and it was very obvious if you watch Sevilla that Sevilla would not make the number of mistakes that you need to lose that sort of match. So yeah, he's done this before. My whole thing though and the reason why I think this may be different than another year you're right, this is a wasted opportunity. But what team is the reason that Juventus won so many times? It wasn't like all nine of those teams were so unstoppable, but they consistently proved that they had the mentality and the quality and the tactical know how to take it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Who's going to, it's not going to be there for them this year. I don't see them doing that. So who will? It's it really, unless you think that Milan is that team, I, the rest think of the way. I can't can see that. anybody else who can. I, I think Milan and Juve are that team. I think this is, as I said last week, four horse race. Um, I'm kind of in the in the in the you know in between changing Napoli with Atalanta for the same you know as the fourth fourth horse horse in that race. But but other than that, I, I think it is Nap it is between Inter, Juve, and Milan. And 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 I think Milan and Juve, especially Milan, have shown over these 13 months that it's it's no fluke. They are this good. I mean, the, the games they've lost have been against Atalanta. Who are who are in brilliant form, and against Juve, who can who anyone can be, lose to. They don't do these. They don't step in dog shit the way that Inter seem to do against Sassuolo at home when Roberto Gagliardini misses from open goal, or against Bologna, or against Parma. Juve don't do that. Milan don't do that, and they haven't been doing that for 13 months. And that's why, I mean, I'm just going based on what I've seen for a year now, um, and and that's what frustrates me because I think that it doesn't make the win against Juve meaningless. But it kind of does in in this the, the the drop points against Sampdoria and Udinese means 
if you count in the three points against Juventus, you're still down a point where you should be because it's three points lost and then it's two points lost against. So it's minus two points, really, not one point. And, and that's what annoys me. The, the Inter should be leading the Serie A by two points now if they wanted to win the Serie A. That's the way I look at it. And, and, and to think that they lose it by Alexis Sanchez taking penalties against Sampdoria and Antonio Conte using the game plan against Juventus, against Udinese, that's just that's that's just so frustrating for me to accept because Inter are good enough to beat Sampdoria and Udinese. They really are. And Conte is good enough to, sh- should be good enough and is good enough, in my opinion, to tactically outmaneuver Gotti and Ranieri. That, that's what frustrates me. Um, and, and, and again, I was tweeting this out in, my th- in a thread yesterday that this is what frustrates me about Conte. He makes the incredibly difficult things so easy, but he has an incredible ability to make the most difficult, to make the most simple things damn near impossible. And it, and it's just, it, it just it's, it's mind boggling. If it's stubbornness or what it is, I don't know, but it's just, it's costing Inter titles and points, points that all add up at the end of the season. And and that's that's what frustrates me. It's mostly frustration because I I, I can see these things adding up. Um, Will, you've been quiet awfully long. Well, I was enjoying listening to all your points. I was uh, I was agreeing with most of them. Um, I think this is the kind of week, uh, match that you know if you if you win it one nil, you say it's the win of champions, and it's the win that you look back on in. Um, in four months' time as, as, you know, points that you maybe didn't deserve but found a way to pick up. And I think, therefore, if you flip it, if you look at the other side of the coin, if you don't win it, then this is potentially the kind of game where where you lose a title. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely two points drop. There's nobody that could, uh, that could say otherwise. Um, I think that I do agree with you in that we saw problems we've seen before. I know that we have a good record against the good team, uh, the, the smaller teams, as Mo said, but especially if you look at them this season, We've been doing that by by playing them as if it's kind of as if they are big teams. You know, we've been inviting teams onto us and and then hitting them on the break. I'm thinking of the goal that we scored against Spezia at home on the counter attack. You know, that's the kind of thing that we've been getting success from with this team. Yeah, um, on Saturday, Udinese just refused to do that. You know, Conte said they they came to not lose, and it worked because that's kind of what you have to do against this team because we are a team that you know, generally speaking, isn't about finesse and craft. We're a team that's about sort of stamina and running into space and dynamism. And we didn't get much of an opportunity to to show that off yesterday. So we had a lot of, you know, final balls that were going uh, slightly astray. Um, you had obviously the the token Lautaro miss, which now we sort of, uh, we can put in the bank every week as a guarantee. <laughs> um, and although obviously that was a great save from also the one I'm talking about. Um, you know, it, it's very frustrating. Yeah. And I, having said that, I also agree with Mike that this is I'm not massively more pessimistic than I was before this match began. It's a blow. Um, but if you look at the table, we're exactly halfway through the season and we're two points off the, the top and it's not a team that's called Juventus. So, mm. you know, I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to be sort of overreacting about that. Um, I, I agree, actually, with I think it was Mike that said that the Roma game was more frustrated. I agree, mm. because when, when you have a win and you give it away, that's more that's more frustrating than when you just don't break through. Because I think, you know, th- this th- we could have seen this game quite a few times already this season. You know, the Spezia game was, you know, if you don't get the first goal, then this is kind of how the game drifts. It's kind of like the Shakhtar game. And it was, you know, they kind of set up the same way as all you know, the game in um, mm. well, both games against Shakhtar. Yeah. You know, when we score... We probably, if we'd scored, if, let's say Lautaro scored that chance after what was it, twenty minutes, we might, we might end up winning three nil. Oh, know, for because, sure, for because sure. Because then everything changes. But if you don't get the first goal, then you're made to pay for for these structural deficiencies, and they become more of a problem. Um, and because you know, I think the fact that we didn't create much yesterday is pretty indicative of the fact that there's a structural problem. I mean, even the Lautaro chance that was a gift. You know, from the Udinese, yeah. we didn't create that. But that's exactly what I mean about Conte getting the really difficult things make them so easy. Like against Hellas Verona, the three-four-two-one. I was surprised he played that, but it worked. He he's the reason we won that game because he tactically out out he he outmaneuvered Ivan Juric, who's clearly one of the best tacticians in this league. 
he against you know he he comes up with these brilliant things that he does at, for example at Juventus when he when he gets Bonucci and now Bastoni and Kolarov at Inter to play like these NFL quarterbacks with pinpointing long ball passes cross ball passes that's him that's all him if you can do something that difficult and get it to work then why the hell can't you have the foresight to do that against a Sampdoria and Udinese who you know are going to play the way they do? That's yeah, and to that yeah, and yeah. to that point, I mean, you know, and especially if we want to talk about in ways in which the roster is flawed, it's almost as though the way this team is built, like setting aside Conte's role in that or Conte's tactics, the way this team is built, you almost need Conte to do the creating more against these lower table teams exactly. because this team. It, this team exactly. isn't built to break people down one-on-one or individually. The only, I mean, if you look at guys who could really take somebody on one-on-one, I mean, you're talking about the strikers, you're talking about Ashraf Hakimi. There's nobody in the midfield who can do that. You have another guy in Erickson who could maybe unlock people with his passing, but that's obviously not an option per Conte's own choosing. So you have to really work tactically because nobody's going to do you that favor. You can't just plug in a... I don't know, uh, you know, a, a Kahalanglu, uh, whose name I'm butchering, Hakan over at Milan, right? That oh, guy Chalanoglu, will unlock the yeah. match for you. <laughs> Chalanoglu. <laughs> yeah, I, awful. I know. This is. I yeah, love it. <laughs> it's. I swear, I'm not that bad of a dumb American normally, guys. No, uh, no, no, no. But, but that's the sort of player who Milan has. It could do that for you. This team doesn't have that, so you need Conte to create a bit as opposed to in these bigger matches. Yes, Conte out schemes some people, but the fact is because it's going to be open either way, that's when this roster, the way it's built is going to thrive naturally. Anyways, it's going to be competitive, you know, combative. It's going to work in the counter. A match like this, when Udinese says, yeah, you can take 90 minutes and see what you're going to do. He's got to find another solution because until, until they actually buy Rodrigo DePaul, like we've been rumored for three damn years, <laughs> there is no midfielder in this team that you're going to give the ball to and say, okay, you're going to be able to create with your feet and also pass a little bit and also press. That guy isn't here. I, I think Stefano Sensi, ideally, sometimes, maybe. But yeah, I mean, Hakimi is on the right, but you need somebody in the midfield. I think, I said this before, I think you draw a direct line between the matches that this team can't win and the lack of chances up the middle. When they're not creating up the middle, it's it's over for them. You know, you can't lean on Hakimi to do everything for you on the flank. And, you know, they're not going to play English long ball style. So, yeah, something has to happen up the, up the middle of the pitch. And on their best days, Brozovic has given them that. But on a team like this, it's harder for him to do what he does. So, yeah, nobody's nobody's going to dribble other than Hakimi on the wing or unless you get Lukaku on a counter. But you can't counter when nobody's going to give you – when they're not going to attack. One thing that really, really wound me up <clears throat> was uh, Udinese in the 89th minute, 90-whatever-th minute. I think it was Pereira. I can't remember who else. Uh, protecting the ball and um, at the corner as if the, as if they're protecting a one nil lead in a Champions League final. It's a freaking <laughs> nil nil at home for the for the for them, you know. So, of course, of course, as as the dominant team in the league, as the as the you know, at least in my opinion, the 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 prime candidate for winning the Scudetto, you should be able to unlock any challenge in any shape or form as it may come. Yes, but honestly. Come the fuck on, you know, nil nil at home. <laughs> you know they passed the ball back all the way to the goalkeeper to Musso. But you knew With this. Time, yeah. You know, it's it's it, 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 like anti football doesn't even begin to play to, 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 to you know to to describe the the shit show that uh, that Udinese put up uh, yesterday. It was awful. It was unwatchable. And you know, of course, you know. It, we we have to be better, and you have to unlock these teams, and you have to be. Able, but come on, unbelievable! And mm. for what a point, a single point? How's that going to help you in the relegation battle? Well, it but does. It's, it's it's two points in four days against Atalanta and Inter, isn't it? You got to exactly. say they've, they've done their job in these two games. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, my rant. No, I, I agree with you. No, but but I mean, it's it's like, and this is what this is what frustrates me because again, it leaves me feeling. It's one thing if the fact that in, you know that Juve have won so many years and they've been the best and no one's come near them. That's one thing. But when when it feels like you were close but you failed because of silliness and and things that were so easily avoidable, that frustrates me. And 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 that's why I feel we're we're headed towards. And and this this is this is not a good feeling. I mean, if I'm looking at the games ahead now and. You know, Milan Milan are are, are in a bad place in terms of form. Uh, you know, that's quite clear. But if you look at the games they've got coming, um, they, 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 they the, the table is turning now. They've got Bologna away. Then they've got 
Crotone at home, they got Spezia away, and then they got the Derby. That's nine points. That's that's nine cruising, Ibrahimovic ugly scoring two goals in each of those without breaking up a sweat, nine points, nine points. Whilst Inter go into Benevento at home, then it's Fiorentina away, and then it's uh, Lazio at home. I mean, this is what I mean with missed opportunities. You need to take these five points against Sampdoria and Udinese to put the pressure on. Because you you can't go into Lazio. You can't go into Atalanta, Fiorentina, having to win to to, to stay, to to keep keep up the pace. That way... You might be able to with Fiorentina. (laughs) Yeah, they are. They are. They are horrible this season. They're a disaster. They are a disaster, but, but the point uh, stands. The point stands. Yeah, yeah, you, you get what I mean, and and that's that's so frustrating. We, I mean, yeah. we never win at the Frankie, even if it was and it was if it's Fiorentina C team they fielded, they'd still score a goal in the last minute and uh, mm. get a draw. It seems to happen every year, though. It's a, it's never an easy game. Abisso. <laughs> yeah, and but they, it should they, be they it should be Maresca after that. Yeah, the they don't have they don't have Bubakar. What's his name? Is it Babakar. Babakar. Yeah, he the guy who if he played Inter every week would win the Ballon d'Or. It's uh, he always <laughs> manages to to come up against Inter and, and do 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 amazing things. But no, they don't have a Babakar anymore. Or, or you know, there's always one. Sassuolo have Consigli in goal. Fiorentina had Babakar. So no, it's um. It is what it is, but we have to. I mean, we have to talk about this Maresca situation as well because I, I don't see Conte losing his mind over a minute not or two minutes not being added to extra time is over is is exaggerated in my opinion. Um, I think we have to unpack this a little bit. Yes, he was poor. He should have given Sensi a red card and he should have sent off two Udinese players. No doubt about that. He 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 missed his job. But for Antonio Conte to completely lose his mind the way he does and get sent off so that now he'll at least he'll miss at least two game one game if not two maybe against Milan and against Bene- Benevento and even more than that that to me just screams of a person who's unhinged. Um, this isn't Conte's losing whinging. This is he he lost his mind yelling like a rabid dog. It's always you. It's always you. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, you don't want to hear my uh, Marathi of the week, huh? Find a new one, quick. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll, I didn't know you were going to pick that, but I, I, I think it's exaggerated. But on the other hand, and this is what Mareska said after the game is absolutely unprofessional. It's, you know, I, 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 at first afterwards, I wasn't that bothered, and I'm not really that bothered by it. But if you're a referee, you shouldn't make prov- prov- you know, provocative statements like when you don't win, you have to accept it. That's rubbing angry people's faces in it. And that just makes it worse. Uh, as a, in fact, I think the rules are quite clear. The referees aren't allowed to say anything like that. And that to me is, is, is a bit, mm, I did not like that at all. I mean, I, I, had, I, saw, I saw even Juventini colleagues who are Juve fans who were pissed off by that, by, by his comment there. And 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 that, that I think, yeah. uh, playing uh, Conte's favor when uh, when the assessment for the for the suspension is made by the Lega. Mm, probably, hopefully, you're right because that is a very bad comment. That is that's just that just pissed everyone off. <laughs> I mean, that just that's like trying putting out a you know trying to put out a fire with a tank of gasoline. It's just there's no need for it. Um, so yeah, okay. So th- that was that. Um, we're we're midway through it. Um, Inter have forty-one points, which is more than they had at this stage last season. Um, they're en route to get eighty-two points, which is what we got uh, ended last season with exactly half of that. And we haven't we have two clean sheets in a row against the two Bianconeri sides, um, which is also something that we didn't expect or see coming. <laughs> Um, and 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 to be honest, there was there was one when when the Paul's shot went just wide with Handanovic doing his vintage frozen statue impression. I, I thought that was going to go in, and I could I, I I closed my eyes and was just waiting for the commentator to scream goal because I couldn't look at it. Um, but you know it is what it is. We have the goalkeeper. We do um, now. I mean, moving on now, we we play Milan and and Conte to me. I mean, his his comments were pretty clear. 
finishing in the top four and winning in the Serie A is, is winning the Scudetto is much more important than the Coppa Italia, but it's a competition we respect. That, that to me says he's going to play, he's going to make like nine changes to the team. And to me, which with, with a game going up against Milan, to me that's a mistake because I think Benevento is a team Inter should easily beat no matter who they field, whereas Milan is a game you should be you, sh- you should be focusing on because it gives you a, a, a psychological advantage and it brings you to a semi-final of a cup that, as you guys were, you know, when you got, you you and Mo and and Will, you know, convinced me a few weeks ago is we need silverware. So I, I don't know. Uh, I think that we're I, I'm I'm quite I'm not as confident going into this derby as I was before his post-match remarks. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mo? So first of all, let me just uh, stand corrected uh, or. St- correct you. Uh, I, I did not convince you that uh, we won that silver. I am. I was with you on the team. Of, no, no, it was, yeah, you're right. It was Will. It no, was, I think the Copa. No, it was Will. Yeah, it was someone else. Who was it? Yeah. Was it? I, I was jumping on there. I think Will and I yeah, were the yeah. ones. Who yeah, were, yeah, yeah, it was Mike, Copa, Mike sorry. yeah, it was you too. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I still think, I, I'm torn here. I think you're right in that uh, Benevento are, are uh, 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 normally should be the game that you take uh, for granted as a win and, uh, and you know, focus on a derby because the derby is a derby and uh, regardless of the competition, you need to give it its due respect. So there, there's that argument on the one hand. There's also the fact that if Milan are on the ropes, you want to make sure that they're as, you know, as hurt as possible and inflict as maximum damage. So their form has been a bit, uh, you know, neither here nor there recently compared to the, earlier in the season. So if you can really hand them a, a good whooping um, who you know God knows what this can do to their confidence or to their uh, standing again we know that we know that Pioli is you know he, he, he's a manager he's a great manager I, I still love him for his tenure at Inter but I, he's not without his limitations so in the big big scheme or the grand scheme of the season but I also, on the, same, on the other hand, do you really risk it? Uh, risk uh, putting, you know, injuries, uh, losing key players, etc. In, in, in ultimately what is the, the, uh, the goal of the season, which is to win the, uh, to win the Scudetto. But I, I think, given the importance of, of the match, this being a derby and all, I think uh, you feel, you know, we might as well have been playing in the Champions League still. So you, you need to field uh, your strongest eleven and, and, and go for the win. And then uh, do the same uh, come the weekend. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, if anything happens, then it is what it is. But you really need to make sure that you uh, go for uh, for the win against Milan midweek. For sure. I couldn't agree more. Will, have you, have you reversed back to my position or are you still on uh, Team Coppa Italia? No, I'm still on Team Coppa Italia, obviously, um, but there's a, there's an extra element here. It's not just about whether or not you win the Coppa Italia. It's also about the fact that you're playing Milan um, and whether or not yeah. you care about you, you. Maybe you don't care about even if you don't. Uh, let me start again. Even if you don't care about not winning the Coppa Italia, you might care about being knocked out of that Coppa Italia by Milan because of the emotional scar that that might create. So this is the the extra added layer of difficulty that I think Conte has when he picks his team, because I mean, he's not, he's not stupid. He will know that if we go out the cup in, the, in a derby, which we did at this stage three years ago, not wanting to scare anyone, but that's what happened three years ago. Um, he, he's going to know that that's going to be painful, especially after the, you know, you've dropped points in the game you should have won. And it will really, you know, it will deflate uh, the, the post Juventus enthusiasm within what 10 days of that match it would be as if it's almost never almost never happened so i definitely don't want him to make eight or nine changes i would understand if he made three or four or four or five because because of what he said you know personally i don't want him to rest players against benevento because we can't you know that this is that you can't if you if you rest players against benevento and then you know you didn't win you look like a complete idiot so you have to you have to play a strong team there um, what I would what I would say is the way I see it is I, I'm okay for him to make changes. I'm okay for him to bring in maybe a you know someone in defence, someone in midfield, Darmian, Perisic. I don't know, but I would I would want him to play the the main guys. So I want him to play Lukaku, for instance. If he rests Lukaku, I don't agree with that against Milan. If he rests Barella or Hakimi, I don't think I agree with that. 
So, you know, it's going to be, I think it'll be a halfway house because there's good arguments on both sides. On the one hand, the league is more important, fair enough. On the other hand, you can't, you have to go for it because it's a derby and you just have to, you, you don't want to, you don't want the fallout that's going to come from, from losing a derby. So I think it's difficult, um, but uh, that's, that's what I expect. And, you know, that's what I, that's what I probably would, would encourage anyway. Um, I, the, the, the one name that interests me is, is, uh, is Ericsson. I wouldn't mind yes. seeing him start, you know, do we, yes. get, do we get round two of the Regista experiment or do we, yeah. you know, I think that, that might give us an indication of how seriously he's taking. Cause if he picks Ericsson, Ericsson again in midfield, that's pretty much saying that the cup is, is secondary to me, isn't it? As much as we wouldn't want him to, as much as picking Ericsson should be a sign that you're taking something seriously. Um, if he picks Brozovic, then you know that then he's going with his men. Um, but no, I, I, I think a few changes is fine, but let's not go over the top. You know, better enter four days away. It's not like it's Wednesday evening to Saturday lunchtime, is it? It's Tuesday evening no. to Saturday evening, I think, if I'm right. So. No, you're right. You're right. It's Saturday evening. It's, it's Tuesday evening. You're absolutely right. Uh, Mike, where, where, what about you? What's your? I think Will hit it on the head. Uh, to me, this isn't an either-or situation because of who you're playing and how the schedule breaks down. Because to add on a well, to what Will is saying, not only is it emotionally deflating for Inter if they lose, these teams play again in the league in four fixtures from now. So you risk giving a lot of momentum to Milan, and suddenly you are playing them in the league, and they've beaten you twice this season. Not only are you feeling deflated, they are feeling they're riding high because they're thinking, we got through this with all the injuries and some of the COVID stuff we've had and the bad form. Well, sure, we could beat them again, you know. So to me, this isn't this isn't either or. Uh, this isn't, you know, it, it all is interrelated just based on how the schedule breaks down. So I want to see them go for it for sure. Uh, and you know, I I want to see what they can do. Look, Milan is sitting there, especially against Atalanta. They were clearly diminished. They clearly didn't have a lot to work with. They lost, and I've seen a lot of Milanistas on Twitter saying that. Let's not forget that when Inter played Milan earlier in the year. That was when the COVID was running right through Inter. I mean, their back line was patchwork. That was Kolarov on the left. That was D'Ambrosio on the right. And that was DeVry, the worst form he's played since being at Inter in the center. So I want to see what Inter could do at full strength against Milan uh, for reasons that are much bigger than whether or not you want the Copa Italia. If you want the Scudetto, I think you need to see them play at full strength. And if, and if Conte doesn't, and if Conte punts this competition, then that's just one more thing where at the end of the year... If they don't win, you put that on the ledger, right? If Conte mm. got his transfers and you don't win, if Conte says, no, no, nothing else matters but the Scudetto, I'm punting a semifinal of a cup you know, tournament to win the Scudetto, and he doesn't win, well, okay, then that means you hold them accountable for that. So to yeah. me, this this will be this will be telling. Like What Antonio Conte prioritizes here, this is going to put a lot more pressure on him. If he goes up... Mm. No, you're right. Absolutely right try then not only do you need to win the league but when they play again you know when there's another derby in the league several weeks from now you better hope he has something up his sleeve and you better hope he gets all three points because probably the only reason that you could justify doing this and punting that game on tuesday is not just for player health because players can get hurt all the time right it's really is there a strategic wrinkle that if my squad is at full strength i don't want to show him on tuesday because mm, no I th- I think I yeah I think I know what you mean. I don't care about the Copa. Okay, fine, but you better get results. You know this this, this is the the results business at this point out for for Conte. Mm, for sure, for sure. All right, quick uh, quick predictions then. I I think it's going to go to extra time, uh, and I think that in, I think it's going to go to penalties, and I think Milan are going to win on penalties. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... I really don't want extra time. Really, really like. Uh, I absolutely uh, like, don't want it either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we're gonna win. I think uh, I think uh, balance is gonna be restored uh, to uh, the force. I think uh, yeah. I think this is the start of something beautiful. Oh, I hope you're right. The, At- the Atalanta game. When I say it, when I mean by this, I think the Atalanta game is the start of something beautiful. The Atalanta game is the start of something beautiful. Milan Atalanta. Oh, Milan Atalanta. Okay, now nah, okay, I get, I get you, I get you. Uh, what about you, uh, uh, Will? Well, the reason I was laughing is because we had exactly exactly the same prediction for that Udinese game. That you know, a two 0 with Lukaku, and we've got exactly the same prediction again because I've got a one one draw, extra time, and because Milan have everything going their way in terms of well, I mean that's a bit unfair, but you know they're they're they're, they're winning the tight moment in the tight moments. I've got them winning on penalties, especially because <laughs> if you're going to win a penalty shootout, you need your goalkeeper to dive. So 
Uh, <laughs> there's, there's very good from penalties. Although he's not playing. He's saving his life he's just for that occasion. Yeah, he's not playing, sorry, isn't he? John Naruma's not playing. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Right, that, may, that gives us a bit more of a chance because he's, yeah. he's a huge man but, for them. But yeah, but he's got his little brother, uh, Donnarumma, playing. Because remember the last Coppa Italia we played when, when Gattuso? No, won't it be, won't it be um, Fiorentina legend Tata Rosano? He played against yeah, Torino, prob- didn't he? Yeah, he did. But I mean, last time he's we not played... not that good. No, he's not. But last time we played Milan in the Coppa, I was in the quarterfinal, I think. Yeah, was... yeah. Gattuso yeah, was, with Patrick Coutron. That was his brother, wasn't it? Yeah. That was his brother playing, making the, the, you know, the match of his career. Okay. Um, no, I'll, I'll stick with what I got. Draw mm. an extra time and, and pens. Mm. Which Mike, I also don't want, obviously. But no, of if, course If not. it gets us through, then fine. Mm. Mike, predictions? I predicted 2-1 Juve and I reverse jinxed it and we won. So let's say 2-1 Milan. So we reverse <laughs> jinxed it and we win. <laughs> I like how that how you think there. Um, right, uh, the Benevento game. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, this is this is anything other than a blowout win because Simone Filippo Inzaghi's Benevento are are a mid to low level table team, low level team uh, table Serie A team is what I'm trying to say. And and they are they 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 hemorrhage goals. They don't know how to defend. This is an Udinese. They they they, they concede. Um, and this is a game where I expect Inter to to put five six past them. I don't care if, even if they play with you know penalties or extra time or whatever. Inter are this good, this much better than than. Uh, then uh, Benevento, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking 4-5-1, something like that. Uh, there's really not much more to say. Uh, obviously, La Padula and Caprario, one of them will score. Uh, and, and Inter will score 4-5, I think. What about you, Mo? Yeah, uh, hold your horses there, Mr. Positive. Okay, okay. No, I think it's I think it's a win. Uh, I, I agree, and, and you know how we always say like uh, the the weekend's result depends on the midweek's result. I don't think that really factors in too much here, no. but I definitely I'm not predicting a clean sheet, uh, but just not not a not a blowout. Just a, uh, hopefully uh, business like three uh, one uh, win. But uh, this is what I predicted for you, Udinese, and look where it got us. So I don't know. Yeah, but it's a different side. Udinese are 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 tough defensively. Benevento are not yeah. tough defensively, to put it <laughs> diplomatically. Um, his he, they they play they are balanced completely different, um, and they don't have Musso Juan Musso in goal, who is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, what about you, Mike? Unless uh, Udinese loan Juan Musso over to Benevento for a week, I'm not I'm not terribly concerned about the the defensive structure there. Uh, I'm going to go four one. I think yeah. this is this feels like a classic. It, it's funny, right? They said on the broadcast yesterday that Inter, no team in the big five leagues has scored more goals than Inter besides Bayern Munich, which it doesn't feel that way when you watch them week in week no. out. But it's it's because of matches like this where they're going to put four on the on you know on the total exactly. and then it's going to feel like in the year it's like oh look at the goals they scored but it's not at all an even distribution of when they need them versus when they don't so i think inter will roll in this match 4-1 comfortable three points mm, agreed well I'm, I'm i'm sensing it's a poker of wins yes i don't think it'll necessarily be the thrashing because while Benevento are less defensively solid than Udinese, they are one of the revelations of the season. Admittedly, they haven't done that through defensive solidity, as you said, so we should be able to score two or three. But uh, I don't think it'll necessarily be uh, a cakewalk. You know, they they play good football. I think they're just they're missing something up front, and which means that they are a little bit wasteful when they go forward. But this weekend, they were 2-0 up against Torino, and uh, they they blew it to, drew, to draw. Uh, and Simone Zaza scored so, two goals on them. Yeah, they and he scored another one that was ruled out as well. So if, yeah. if you're conceding a, a virtual hat-trick to Simone Zaza, then you know I don't think that you should uh, be causing into too many trouble. So I think I will say 3-1. Um, I would just like to say, though, that we're getting to the stage of the season where players are nearing suspensions and... Yeah. The three Bs, as Gazetta called them earlier in the week, are all a booking from a suspension. Mm. Bastoni, Barella and Brozovic. And yeah, and they're all going to miss the derby. They're like, all going like to miss the derby. That's what I'm getting this at. Is, this is, they're all going <laughs> to miss the derby. This, yeah, this, this, this is the match that. where he should play Ericsson. He should play Ericsson in the midfield against Benavente. Now he won't, you but he should. I, exactly. This is what I mean. And, and we know what's going to happen. It's going to go to the Fiorentina game, and they're all going to be booked, and they're all going to miss the derby. Well, like, this Lazio is the, first. If they booked against Fiorentina, they miss the yeah. Lazio game. But that's almost as bad. That's just as bad, yeah, because Lazio are looking really good. Yeah. So, um, so no, I, we'll have absentees in that. We'll have to play Kolarov in the derby again. It'll be yeah. 
Bastoni will get booked against Lazio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is this is what this is what annoys me, and and I think you know, I'm saying, well, then then in that case, I think he should play them against Benevento because hopefully they'll get a booking in Miss Fiorentina because out of those games, all, all the games coming up, I'd rather the three Bs miss Ben Miss Fiorentina. That's why I was. I don't yes. know if I said it last week, but I was when we were previewing the Udinese game, I was thinking, can one of them get a booking, please, and miss Benevento? Um, obviously, yeah. that didn't happen. So they've missed. They, we've gone all in, and we've gone in. We're, we're gambling on none of them getting booked at this point, and we're just going to yeah. go through, and then we'll do it against you know, yeah. whoever else. For yeah. sure, yeah. for sure. Right. Um, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football, starting with the positivity, which will be presented by Mr. Positivity, Mr. Mohamed Massa. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises people sometimes with his ideas. Not easy to find one person of this quality. Yeah, so uh, like I uh, uh, tried to you know, tease earlier, I think uh, my, uh, in a week again, where performances, uh, positivity and performances were, were, not, uh, were not quite apparent, we had to resort to another golden uh, audio nugget uh, by uh, Antonione. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, his, his hand against my Zembredu, Alvar. So I, I penciled in a task for myself to go look back on the previews and see where Maresca was on on the VAR to check uh, and understand exactly what happened, what his gripe was with uh, Maresca on <laughs> <Yes>. VAR. <laughs> But you know, I, like, uh, but uh, maybe I'll report back next week uh, on the pod, and uh, I'll report, uh, report my findings. But uh, oh, yeah, did, just, did uh, you not find him? No, 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 no I oh, haven't. Oh, no, so, I haven't so done I the watched, exercise yet. No, no, so I, I watched Luca Marelli's um, video review of all the refereeing decisions. Varesca was the VAR official for Inter Parma when we didn't get the penalty for the yeah. foul of Perisic. So I think that's what he's referring to. Yeah, no, it is what he's referring to. It's Zembredu Marisga, Zembredu. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Anyway, so um, so this is, uh, I mean, you know, uh, uh, talk about silver linings, you know, like in the age of COVID and everything, the, the lack of audiences, uh, lack of spectators in the stands is really uh, awful. But uh, but also, you know, like, uh, you know, like the saying goes, but also uh, we get these uh, golden nuggets uh, from uh, Conte. So that uh, that rant in particular is my uh, Moratti of the week. I think the golden nugget of the week, even though that was funny, is is Duvan Zapata trying to go mean girls on, on Zlatan Ibrahimovic about what you want the 13th penalty of the season. And Zlatan goes full on mean girls on him and says, dude, I've scored more goals in my career than you've played games. So that listening to that exchange was pure, pure gold. <laughs> so you're right. The, the, this, this not having fans thing is is pretty, pretty, pretty funny at times. Um, let's move on to something much more comic, comical. This week's Frog, which we presented by Mr. William Beckham. Yeah, it's very uh, reassuring this week's frog because often we give Inter a hard time for being the only team in the world that finds creative ways to shoot themselves in the foot um, and to do things that, that no other team would be capable of. Uh, but there, we do have a twin in Serie yes. A, as yes, we we this week. Um, yes, we do. This week's frog is quite simply Roma. Um, this was all about this was all about Tuesday's match in the in the Coppa Italia against Spezia. Now, I, I remember uh, what well, this is the it's the twenty fourth as we're recording this two two weeks ago or not even two weeks ago about ten days ago they were about to play the derby against Lazio um, and Roma were not that where well, they were a few points behind us they were potentially going to go second with a win there was even some optimistic chat that they could be you know title contenders and since then they lost the derby badly. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Tuesday against Spezia, again, a Spezia team that rotated more than they did, I should be clear. Spezia made 10 changes for that match. Rome made five, <laughs> I think. They went 2-0 down in about 10 minutes, got it back to 2 all, and took it to extra time. And then in the first two minutes of extra time, they had two red cards for completely separate incidents, which I can never remember into doing. You know, you can have two people sent off in a, in a scuffle or a fight, but to have two completely separate incidents producing two red cards, the second of which was mind-bogglingly stupid from Paolo Lopez as he came flying out of his goal to, to well, do a, a, a Schumacher from the 82 World Cup on his forwards. You know, that, that was, 
that was quite remarkable. I think it was 30 seconds between the yeah, two red cards. 30 seconds so, between them. For two things that weren't related. Then uh, Daniele Verde made it 3-2, their former youngster who they, they sent away and got rid of. Um, and then they lost 4-2. Then after the match, it came out that Roma had made six substitutions when they weren't allowed to make six substitutions. So uh, because they misunderstood the rule about being allowed an extra change in, in extra time. So the, the 4-2 defeat against Spetti became a 3-0 defeat at Tavolino. The second walkover they've suffered in this in this season because alone, of something because stupid, of administrative errors, yeah, for fielding essentially ineligible players. Um, so that wasn't exactly the response they were looking at from the derby. And then, then uh, on Friday it came out that basically that has fallen out with Fonseca, and now they're going to have to potentially either sack Fonseca or sell Jeco because they can't get on. Um, and then they almost blew it again against the, the same opponent on Saturday. They were three-one up. Uh, missing chances in the same way that Inter did against Sassuolo when they were 3-1 up, conceded a 90th-minute equaliser to Verde again, the second mm. go- the second X goal, and then eventually they, they saved it in the last minute. But it was it was a roller coaster ride of a weekend. I needed to to, to sort of um, publicise this and advertise it because it's just nice, because certain things you only expect from us. And for once, we got a week off and we got to watch someone else being stupid. So no, it, it, it really is. like That's the kind of stuff Inter usually do. Like that's literally that is that I couldn't believe it and like this past these past ten days have been it's like what are you doing what, what what the hell is going on it's it's just madness and then but it doesn't end there Will <laughs> they signed two players Stefan Lasharavi and Brian Reynolds from FC Dallas only both of them had COVID after signing for when, when the deal has been almost done. So they can't sign. So they can't complete those signings. They can't do the medicals. It's, they can't do the medical. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I hadn't it, heard that. Okay. Yeah, no, both both of them. I mean, it's just like they they they. Am need I, to, they, am, yeah, am I too greedy to ask for one more gift from Roma, which is when they inevitably fire Fonseca? Please hire Spalletti back to save us a little cash and so yeah. Allegri is free yeah, this summer to replace Conte. No, no, no. They're, they're going to if they do they'll probably go after Allegri. Uh there's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, which is it is what it is. But yeah, no I and Spalletti would be mad to return to Roma after I mean he's, he's been well, I've there got twice. some good news for you Nima. He's not going to get a better job than that. He is mad. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's crazy true. and he's not going to get a better job than that. Of course, yeah, he, he gets offered that job. He should a thousand percent go back there. Yeah. No, he, Jim, what must he be thinking now when he thinks back to being the fact that he was offered the Milan job? He was offered Pioli's yeah. job 18 months ago. Yeah. You know, he could be top uh, with Ibrahimovic at the moment. And yeah. what, what do we think about blocking it? I mean, what <laughs> happens if, if he goes there? I mean, we, look, yeah. he's a better manager than Stefano Pioli on balance, but nothing about this Milan team makes sense. Are they with a better manager? Are they are they worse than they are now? Like what do, what do they look like? It's such a fascinating what if. Can you, can you imagine Spalletti with Ibrahimovic in the same? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. There'd just be a fight to the death. Oh, I mean, that be would... like the Totti thing revisited. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it's it'll it would have been entertaining for sure. But no, no, it's no, it's it's been it's been quite a week. It's been quite a few. Te- it's quite been quite ten days for Roma, where it's I I can't. That's that's inter level of chaos. Well done. <laughs> like that's like you said. It's nice to for once not be in the middle of the eye of that storm. Yeah. And be on we, the side. We, of... we had a boring nil nil draw. Yeah, we had a boring nil nil draw. We had a seven goal thriller on top of what can only be on top of what should only be you know the music the soundtrack they had a 10 days where the soundtrack should be a circus theme music like that's the only thing literally it's just it's just they just can't catch a break they need to bring in an army of shamans mullahs priests uh, you know to to do an exorcism or whatever <laughs> i mean it's just it's just been mental what's been going on there and yeah. and then you, and then you bring in the whole zaniolo jerry springer thing where where, where him and his mom and his ex-girlfriend and his current <laughs> friend who wasn't a girlfriend who threatened to sue people if they said he was his girlfriend they've even got their own icardi soap opera <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a... it really is absolutely insane yeah i mean <laughs> it's no, it's it's um, and the madness is like look, but, at, the t- look uh, at the table. Right, the, you think they, they don't even like have trophies? Like it must be exhausting to support that team. Yeah, what's that? No, no, no it's, say, it's, 
they were they're like are they still fourth like they're like yeah, four, they four or five yeah. points behind us you'd think yeah. they were in the bottom half no. <laughs> the manager the manager is, is carried them there. for that first half of the season right madness absolute it, madness it was built on sand that first half of the season it's all collapsed in <laughs> yeah. like 10 days yeah <laughs> I don't know what to say, but we, this is pretty. I mean, this is again, like you said, it's what we're used to going through. Um, but but for once, it's nice to not be in the middle of that sh- in the middle of the shit eye of that shit storm because it's been it, what Roma been like. Their January has beaten ours. Right? Like it's you know this. It, it, yeah. And actually, they had this last year as well. They had the better bad January last year as well. So yeah, they've got, they've got the same issue, haven't they? So yeah, no, they 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 are now. They have the belt for shitty Januarys now. It's like they've. They've taken it off of Inter. They, they, they own the January depression. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, it's their, it's their trophy, uh, it's their belt, it's their championship belt. Um, right, let's move on to something much more negative. This week's Moji, which we presented by Mr. Mike Pilucci. generally don't like talking about other people in the profession but we sort of have to talk about Ivan Zazzaroni at this point um, because what has been passing for journalism out of his desk is starting to damage the profession frankly when you in the span of two weeks uh, have multiple stories that have been denied outright by clubs in very very vocal, very angry fashion. And I'm talking about the fact that an inter sale was already about to be completed and then inter being, you know, behind on payments for Ashraf Hakimi. Uh, that's it, it, it's, it's nothing he's reporting is starting to be based in fact. And it's starting to get very damaging, not just for inter, but frankly, for the professional journalism this morning, it was uh, all about how Beppe Morata is, uh, is losing the plot and how Beppe is in trouble and, and for reasons that sort of, seem like he doesn't smile as much. There was a recent editorial, maybe, <laughs> I don't know when this one was, but about uh, essentially being outright racist uh, against yeah. uh, Asians for claiming that he, basically making fun of how they speak when they speak Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was, you know, what, the, the Mihalovic incident, which you guys discussed the podcast a couple weeks ago. Uh, it is, it really sad. The Black Friday front page cover, which he defended which, and which doubled down and said wasn't yeah. uh, racist Never at all, but it was... Yeah, he refused to apologize, saying, you know, making racial puns. Now, this guy, you know, it's it's gone too far. He's this is this is this is the wheels haven't come off here. The wheel, you know, it's it's past that stage. Someone who owns that paper needs to step in and relieve this man of his duties because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. It's 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 really unsettling. It, it's he, he's hurting he's hurting the newspaper. He's hurting the profession. He's he's just making a complete clown of himself. And, and and just creating a toxicity that no one needs. And after Beppe Marotta quite clearly goes out and defends Inter, I mean, Re- Beppe Marotta got Real Madrid to publish a, ret- a, a strong, you know, re- uh, statement saying that what Corriere dello Sport, where they named Corriere dello Sport by name, that what they said was a complete fabrication. Then his... And Marotta, yeah, that's fabulous. That that's not because it's a story. Like the story was in Real Madrid's favor. You know, exactly. They, Real they had no reason to do this. Said, yeah, no, they this don't. Yeah, that that's exactly what how important Beppe Marotta is. Uh, that just goes to show you what a what an incredibly skilled man he is at his job. That you get another another club that has that has nothing to gain to do that favor for you to come out and speak for you and name the newspaper by name. And and then Barotta goes out and says that they've been trying to destabilize us, but they won't because we have a strong ownership and we're a strong club. And Zazzaroni's reply to that is to go out and make up this childish uh, attack on Marotta saying, OK, uh, you know, you, you, you're just saying that to save your own skin. And, and it's like, no, dude, that that would be you. That would be you <laughs> trying to save your skin for publishing half truths. And the Hakimi story is is not even a half truth. It's a flat out lie, where right. Hakimi's agent denied it, where Inter denied it, where Real Madrid denied it. That's a trifecta of people coming. All everyone involved said, "No, you're wrong. That's not what's going on." Yeah, it, well, that and really so here happens. The, right, and here's the implications. It's bigger than just the effect on Inter. It's bigger than, frankly, just the effect on 
journalism as somebody who is a journalist and it's infuriating to see someone yeah, who, you know, profession. yeah, right. It, the, the impact of it is well, you know, especially I remember in the early years when I first started following Serie A here in America and, you know, it's yes, the, the presence of the league is a lot bigger now than it was, you know, almost 20 years ago. And certainly uh, there are more outlets. But I remember, you know, it's still an international sport. It's still a league far away from home. And I remember just trying to follow the news before I knew how everything worked. It just was trying to figure out what was real and what wasn't real. And it took a long time to realize the good from the bad. And frankly, that a lot of the time there is more bad than good. And when something like that happens, you know, it, it makes it harder for people to really latch on to following a new league and following a new sport because you're sitting there and you want to just know that the coverage you're putting your time into is real coverage and that it's helping grow your interest in something and enhance your experience following something. It, when that doesn't happen, when there are bad actors in the space doing that, that makes it worse for everyone who's trying to grow the sport and trying to make Serie A more of an international game. I would love for more people in the United States like me to get excited about Calcio and to get excited about Serie A, whether it's Inter or any other club. But when you have so when you have people spreading blatant mis disinformation, it it just makes it so much harder to latch on to what you're reading and to really build a connection with what's going on because you don't understand what reality is. Uh, there are obviously much bigger, more higher stakes uh, cases in journalism where, you know, blatant falsehood has implications. Uh, again, I live in the United States. I know what that's like. <laughs> but uh, in a more immediate sense, when we're talking about the game here, this is something that, frankly, the league should have an interest in trying to kind of nudge someone and say, hey, get your house in order. I'm not ever a fan of a league trying to censor a journalist, but this guy this is isn't bringing a bad name to the profession. Yeah, this isn't, but that's exactly, this isn't censorship. This is, this is more someone who's clearly unqualified and clearly out of his depth, having meltdown after meltdown, making everyone look like idiots, including the newspaper he works for. I mean, if, if it were up to me, if I were, if I were the communications director at Inter, I would put out a simple statement going after repeated transgressions by Corriero dello Sport, all of their journalists, all of their, uh, uh, affiliates are henceforth banned until a written public apology is issued, retracting all the lies they've published about us together with an apology. Boom, done, finished. Because this has been going on for 18 months now. This isn't one, this isn't an isolated incident with this guy. It yeah. is a repeated thing over and over and over again. And, and, you know, I, if, if you, if you can't, if you, if, you know, if you want respect, you got to give respect. This guy is, is just out of line. I just remembered the the didn't there wasn't there a, a letter published from a so-called fan about yeah America? which was which was given yeah a so-called fan which no one had ever heard of and it kind of like the, the implications of attacking that allegedly Conte. yeah attacking Conte but the the I mean it was it was so transparent because in the inter community no one had heard of this guy and online and it was it was so blatant that it was basically Zazaroni emailing himself I mean that's that's the that's the alleged that's what's being alleged and and you know people have looked into it and and it's it's just it's embarrassing this salvo at libero or salvo 24 at libero.it or some some nonsense like that it was uh, it's it, it, an email create an email account created five minutes before the email was sent pretty much I mean it's just you know you you, can, you need to do a little bit of digging and a little bit of due diligence before you publish any old crap that's not journalism that's publication that's just publishing uh, and it's 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 getting embarrassing uh, and or it is embarrassing we passed that we were we're past the point now where, with which Mike says this is just bad for everybody involved and you need to I think a, a line needs to be drawn here I think I think what what Roma and Milan did was some a, that Inter should have joined that when they when they said you're not allowed for the rest of the season to any of our of our events your you know your access is revoked I think when you cross a line repeatedly like this guy does and, and you need to you need to put down your foot and and th this is this is just this is ridiculous this is you know you need to you need to put down your foot and say enough is enough and this this is uh you know the, the, we, we've passed that stage with this guy and, and for over the last 18 months right that's all we had time for this month uh, this month see i'm getting so angry i'm, I'm getting my 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 time well, it is the last one of january isn't it no, it's not because we play on Saturday again, don't we? Uh, so we'll be doing one next Sunday again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, I'd like to thank Mr. Mohamed Nasa. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Always a great uh, pleasure being with you. Reverend Mike, as always. 
Thanks for having me, fellas. Forza Inter. Sempre. And Mr. Billion Beckman. Thank you. I'd just like to get, send a, a wholehearted congratulations to João Mario for winning the, the League Cup with Sporting yes. this weekend. Yes. Hope it goes well. Hope there are some low... Interisti who have... No, no, he's won it. There are some Interisti I know. Who, have, who have trophies and have silverware. So <laughs> I hope he wins everything in Portugal so they buy him. <laughs> that's, that's, where, yeah. that's where I am on yeah. that. I hope he scores a million goals and makes a million assists. <laughs> I just want him out of the club and I want Inter to get paid. So yeah, I'm I you know more power to João Mario. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> until uh, until next week, uh, my I, my name is Nimatale Rutzeri. Wishing you a good week, health, uh, a semi-final place in the Coppa Italia, three points, and sempre e solo forza. Inter.